It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Colombia Mala PLLC is 100% native owned and operated founded by Vern Colombia. Their practice areas include corporate law, business transactions, finance, economic development, gaming, casino development, online gaming, real estate, environmental permitting and approvals, telecommunications, government affairs, employment and labor relations, historic preservation and cultural resources and energy. Colombia Mala is committed to making positive and lasting change in our communities as they support nonprofit volunteering Community activism and employing Indian preference in hiring and vendor relations. are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I am your host, the five-star, five-diamond chef, J-Man. Got a little tongue twisted <laughs> there. And with me is fighting for his place in the Gisundve, Carl. Yeah, welcome to the show, everybody. My uh, my best friend, Gay Man, over here. I mean, uh, Gray Man. I mean, like, uh, what was their name again? Dre Man? Dre Gay? Gray Man? J Man. J Man. Welcome to the welcome to the show, J Man. Shut up, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> you brought it on yourself. <laughs> had nothing to do with it. He had everything to do with it. He was looking at me weird, and so that's why my... He got my tooth clipped a piece of Twitter, my lip and Twitter had my introduction He's Twitter ruined, but we are back for episode three of season eight. Very excited. And as usual, thanks to you all that this season has started off very well, getting a lot of traction from the last two episodes where Carl and I talked about the pros of voting, even though that we're not voters ourselves. And then our last episode, uh, a lot of people's favorite topics, the ladies fighting in the Gisunve for chair space. And so if you haven't heard either of those episodes yet, you can go back to listen to those two episodes. And just a reminder, if you didn't see the marketing that we have out there, that we do have a title sponsor. And so we are presented by Goan Viomala PLLC. And so Carl's got his appointment with a tattoo artist scheduled. He's going to get Goan uh, Viomala's logo tattooed on his goodie. That lower back to- <laughs> has a butterfly on the top. Just to solidify our relationship with them. And so that's going on very well. And so we do have a special treat for you all out there today. We do have two special guests. And so we are we do have a topic. And uh, I think that because of how extensive this topic is, I, I think that we should just jump right into it. Yeah, you know, like um, uh, a lot of the times that Hopi as uh, as a whole has talked about running and has talked about exercising and has talked about fitness and health and stuff like that. And I, I'm I'm not one of those Hopis. That, <laughs> I'm not one of those Hopis that that talk like that. So the, the, this is a, a wonderful topic for me to talk about because you got so many people out there boasting that they're true Hopis, like my colleague here. But yet you can tell optically that they haven't hit the trails in quite a while (laughs) and you know running running is a very big part of uh, our our culture out here and and so carl uh i'll I'll go ahead and start this episode with uh tell us about your running career (laughs) you know i did actually run before it's not professionally running but i did actually like you know keep myself fit Back in the heyday. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to do that. I used to run pretty much every, cause I never had a car before. So I, I did that. But now when I move back home, you know, Seoul makes this, uh, ungodly, uh, delicious, uh, casserole and that I have to have not one, not two scoops, but more like seven <laughs> scoops of the casserole. And, you know, it's, it's, it's made with, I don't know what it's made. It's made with so much love in there that you get love handles everywhere that handles your, your handles are just like off the chain. I, I'm pretty confident that love uh, is butter and salt. 
Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, we did kind of briefly touch upon this topic uh, in a past episode. I think it was our Hopis and Sports episode yeah, way back yeah, when yeah. in season one. And so we talked about the importance of running within our culture because then, you know, when if you're somebody that knows something about Hopi and our communities out here, you know that running is uh, intertwined with our lifestyles to an extent because throughout history, we've produced some very uh, accomplished runners at the high school level, collegiate level, and we even have an Olympian within our tribe's history. And we talked briefly upon that in our last episode. But I guess really just kind of talking about the concept of running and the importance of it, some of the life lessons that we're taught as kids as it relates to running. And then we have our two guests who are very accomplished in in the running world that do a lot of running themselves. And so they're going to share some of their experiences and what they've learned as being runners with in our community but thinking about and so this would be a question for you Carl because I've definitely had this education growing up as a child but I remember my father mostly talking to me a lot about running yeah and then yeah. I also remember my uncle and my gua as well talking to me about running because then the joke you know there's always these we like to joke within our community oh, yeah, and yeah. so you joke you, you kind of uh, make jokes in a way about your in-law, except instead of putting them down, you're putting them up. And so some of the jokes that we make about our in-laws, especially about the men that are married to our sisters, we talk about how they're such great runners that their morning run is they run all the way all the way to Navata Kiaovi, which is over at the San Francisco mountains. And then they run back in one morning. And that's the joke that our in-laws are so powerful that they're able to run all the way to the mountains and Flagstaff and run back in the morning. And I have some in-laws that have additional superpowers is that they have <laughs> iron stomachs because they're able to digest the food that my sisters make for them, which is usually unedible for most people. But So what are some of the lessons that you've heard as a young boy growing up out here on Hopi? Well, nobody runs in my family, so... <laughs> <laughs> So we don't have any lessons that revolve around running. I don't know why you hope he's run stupid. Car. Just drive a car for God's sakes. That's why it's there. That's why, you know, that's why it was given to us. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. God damn it, Carl. But, you know, I, I guess that running is has always been a tradition for all Hopis. And uh, like I said, nobody runs in our family. Nobody has ran track in our family. It's It was mainly like football and baseball that my Tahas were always into. And they never ran track. Nobody has really ran track or like cross country. It's always been like volleyball and all the other behind the sports. You know, but yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anything like revolve around that, like all the running that it's sacred and you're supposed to get up like before the dawn and go run. Go, about, go run to the east. Go run to the east for about sprinkle, 500 miles. Sprinkle you know. your tetadine and <laughs> pray to changing women. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's a different tribe. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, our yeah, our perception of running is like why run when you like you know you can sleep in for another extra hour <laughs> and you can get there, you know, quick quickly quickly when you have a car so well, I was fortunate enough to get these lessons, like as I mentioned before, from the male figures in my life. Because as a young boy, that the lesson was that you're supposed to wake up early. Yeah, you're supposed to wake up early before the sun comes up, and then you're supposed to go run in the morning. And the whole purpose of that practice, I guess, was to strengthen your body. Yeah. Because then it makes you stronger. And then another lesson that was always correlated with waking up early and then go run was to bathe in cold water. Oh, yeah. You're supposed to bathe in cold water because then the cold water strengthens you. It makes you tough so that way you don't get sick. You don't, uh, your body's not susceptible to things like that. So you're able to go through life and to have a strong body to be able to do these things and so running was always a part of that oh yeah uh, if you ran kept yourself fit then you'd be prepared for i guess the rigors of hopi life which involves the farming stuff uh during the summertime when your uh sweetheart picks you to dance during the butterfly dance or other types of dances then your body's strong you're used to the heat and so that way you don't struggle when you dance but as you mentioned before that a lot of us now 
we're not running. And then so when we get picked to dance during the butterfly dance, maybe we just dance one round and then we take a break for the rest of the day <laughs> because our bodies aren't fit to be able to do that anymore. Or like our farming practices, you go down there and maybe you kill five weeks and then you're calling it a day because you're tired by then. And then you're going back home. But basically, you know, that was kind of the whole premise of the purpose of running uh, consistently so that your body is strong to be able to do things like uh, farming and then dancing during the summertime when that time comes to it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, you know, like all of the fitness and health always revolves around Hopi because like back then, back in the day, you know, when we talk about back in the day, it's probably like a Wednesday and uh and, and and back in the day, it you know a lot of the Hopis uh, didn't have any transportation, and traveling to other villages meant walking, you know, or riding their horses. And most of the time, they would not travel off the reservation, only to their fields, and to battle the the Hopi heat, you know that mm-hmm. that rigorous heat out mm-hmm. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it can get hot sometimes, up to you know. Uh, it, it's a dry weather, but it's gonna. It gets hot. It mm-hmm. gets very, very hot. And yeah, a lot of that has to deal with the health and the wealth and the uh, the fitness part of it. And I think the reason why I was given a lot of this uh, lessons, I guess, as as a youngster, as a young lad, back in my uh, J boy days, I guess, wasn't quite a man back then. But it was because I was a runner. I ran cross country in junior high school. I ran cross country in high school. And so because I was a runner, then I think that the male figures in my life saw fit for me to get these lessons about running. And I always enjoyed my time as a cross country runner because that was one thing Hopis were good at. Oh, yeah. Hopis were really good at running. And so later on in the episode, we're going to talk about some of the more remarkable things that some of our Hopi runners have done. But one of the things that I was always proud of because you and I were both uh, proud. I'm a proud alumni. I don't know about you because I know that you kind of have said some jokingly things about the school before, but both you and I are warriors. Once yes. a warrior, always a warrior. So congratulations to all the graduates of Tuba City High School that graduated over the weekend. And of course, congratulations to all our Hopi high school students and any high school student that made that transition from... Uh, living comfortably under mama's roof to now you got to take care of things on your own. But back when I was at Tuba City, because majority of the student body there, they were Navajos. Yeah. But I was very proud that all four years of my high school time spent on the cross country team, our fastest runner was always a Hopi. Yeah. From my freshman year, sophomore year, junior year to senior year, our fastest runners were always Hopis. And so that was always kind of something that I had pride in. And then really being immersed in the running world back then that, you know, you really did pay attention to a lot of the contemporary things that were going on in the running world. And so, like, you know, I was real big into the Olympics because the Olympics had events that were designated around long distance running. (laughs) And actually, this past year, I had the opportunity to meet one of my uh, biggest crushes that I've had out out since I was a high school uh, student. And so I did actually get to meet Allison Felix, who is an Olympian and she's won multiple Olympic medals. And I believe that she's uh, pretty much our age. I think that she was kind of born the same year as us. And oh, really? of course she looks fit and, you know, looks like that she can do a lot of damage. But you and I, the only damage that we look like we can do is at a buffet line. <laughs> and, and so you really yep. see the difference. Yeah, exactly. And when someone's serious about something and someone's not. But basically, you know, that being immersed in the running world Back then in high school, when I was running that one of the proud things that I used to think about and that I used to tell people is that you hear the term running is my religion from a lot of the top runners out there. But for a Hopi to say that running is my religion was fairly accurate because of how intertwined running is with our culture. And we spoke about it to a degree previously but racists are actually a part of some of our ceremonies oh yeah exactly yeah there's a lot of history involved with our ceremonies that are uh, that revolve around like the races and stuff because it does it does intertwine with the different societies and like uh like like different Hopi societies and they they use that as as a 
as a means to get to these different uh, places where they can uh, make prayers and to make bring back a lot of this rain. And that's why incorporating that running is involved a lot, you know, is involved with that. So, yeah, it is true. It is true that Hopi in most of our ceremonies, some of our ceremonies involved running. Have you participated in any of these races? No, I drive the car. (laughs) (laughs) I drive the water truck. (laughs) And it's a real interesting concept because then, you know, like I guess some of the lessons that I've learned as far as being a runner in some of these races that are a part of any of the ceremonies that have them is that when you're running in these races that you're supposed to think about rain while you're running. Yeah, exactly. Because I guess that's also a part of it is that as a runner, being in these ceremonial races that in a way you're trying to attract the clouds yeah. to come to the village. You're trying to attract the clouds to come to your field. And so you're supposed to be thinking about the clouds while you're running. And then my father would always tell me, but would tell me that because that's the case, he would say, so now then practically you have the world on your shoulders as a runner, because then the prayers that you mentioned, the prayers that the runner have, the runners have while they're running these races, the I, I guess kind of the the outcome is in their hands while they're running, and so I guess that that's why he would say that is that the the world was on their hands, on their shoulders. But I've participated in some of these races, and they're pretty cool. They're pretty they're they're different. They're mm-hmm. different than uh, like uh, like the community races that you run in when you're living in the big cities, the five Ks, the ten Ks, uh, some of the other what we come to more what are more well known in our minds as far as races, but Hopi oh, yeah. races are definitely different. Yeah, it's not the Pat Tillman race. It's or, not the Pat Tillman <laughs> race where you get a where you get a a medal even though you didn't participate. You know, <laughs> and, and that was that was always the thing that I've always remembered fondly from back when I used to run was that you know the that I guess there was so much pride in it. There yeah. was so much yeah. pride in running those races because people would get really proud of their relatives, whoever it is that they knew that was running. And if you were fast enough to be able to win a prize in these races, yeah, then you know that brought even more pride to the to the house of the house that you belong to. And you know, I almost won a race in your village at Hotvela. Oh, really? It was probably one of the most sickening days of my life. It was during a basket dance yeah. at Hotvela. Yeah. And I started the race out in first place. Yeah. I was the very first runner, probably for about 80% of the race, I was first. But because in these traditional races, that usually the course isn't marked. No. That the course, you're, I guess you're just supposed to know where the course is. Because then, you know, in the regular community races, the regular 10Ks, there's yeah. usually some sort of chalk line yeah. or there's spotters that tell you where to go or some sort of flag, some sort of signifier that tells you which direction to run. But in this particular race, there was none of that. I was just running in first. I had nobody to follow. When I would come to a fork, I would just be praying, please let me choose the right path. I'd go yeah. left or right, yeah. go right. And I had chose the right way all the way up until the end. I made the wrong right when I should have went straight. <laughs> and so when I was making the right, fortunately, I was close enough to the top of the mesa yeah, where people were watching and then they were yelling at me, going the wrong way, you're going the wrong way. And so when I heard them, I turned around. But by the time I got back to the path, the person that was behind me had caught me and then he passed me. <laughs> and then so I had that detour took so much energy out of me. I didn't have enough energy to try to catch this guy and then try to surpass him. And then so when we got to the top, this guy won on a technicality because I went the wrong way. And then when I got up on top, I had come in second place. <laughs> and, and so that that's kind of what makes it one of the most sickening days of my life because <laughs> I could have won that race. I could have won that race. Yeah, it, oh my God. Yeah. I, I don't think I, I don't think I've ever participated in one of those races before. But I did watch a lot of those races that other, um, you know, people from different villages would race in that. And yeah, I would, 
I would watch that, and they were, you know, it, it's exciting. Sometimes it's exciting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that it gets the community involved, it gets everybody uh, out there, and you know, enjoying the day. And yeah, especially when during like one of the women's society dances like that, you know, they they do have those traditional dances or traditional runs like that. And it's it's to it's to purify, you know, the soul. It's to um, bring the the clouds over. Everything that Hopi religion has, it's it's always bringing it, you know, the clouds. It's always bringing the rain. And so basically that's what it is. It's just like, you know, rushing in the the rain cloud so it can rain really quickly, mm-hmm. you know, during mm-hmm. that day. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the whole significant part of it. So like, yeah, it, you know, it, all of those stories revolve around that and it's great. I, I do enjoy watching those as well. And I guess as a participant, it's really exciting to be a part of, especially when you get one of those top prizes because oh, yeah. then, you know, like especially like you mentioned for the specifically for the women's societies, yeah. that when the race is over and they introduce the top I don't know, top two, top three or top four based upon what village you're running at and how they how they coordinate it. But when they introduce the winners, that they bring you into the Kisunvi, into the plaza in front of everybody. And everybody's watching because then these races become uh, kind of uh, one of the highlights oh, yeah. of, of the ceremony. And so you're there, they bring you in, and then they announce the village that you're from. And then they'll say, you know, this person's from this village. And then it's really cool because then you bring pride to the village that you're from. Yeah. And then when people leave, that's always a question that they ask. How did the dance go? Who won the race? Who yeah. won the races? And then they'll say, oh, so uh, our, our village person came in this place. So they brought honor to our village yeah, during yeah. this race. And then so you really become uh, a big man on campus, so to speak, when you actually do good in some of these races. Because then everybody's coming up to you. They're thanking you. They thank you for, for the, the strength that you had to be able to finish and then to bring pride to, to the house of uh, whatever village you're from. Exactly. So before we bring on our special guests here, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break for our paid sponsors. Are you 16 to 25 years old and living in Maricopa County? If you are, Native American Connections TREE program provides free counseling, life skill development, housing navigation, and substance use treatment for 16 to 25 years old living in Maricopa County. Grow your roots with TREE. Gift cards are offered at every appointment, so call TREE today at 602-424-2060 or email them at youthtree at nativeconnections.org to sign up today. That's Y-O-U-T-H-T-R-E-E at nativeconnections.org. Native Community Capital is your trusted partner for home loans or financing your business. Visit us at nativecap.org or call us at 855-628-2272. Let's work together to rebuild tribal economies. Nurturing Indigenous Intelligence is a grassroots organization based on the Hopi Reservation. They work to alleviate the hardships in the community through acts of giving, from distributing school supplies, volunteering at various places, and working to expand their services. Follow them on Instagram at NurturingISquared and on Facebook at NISquaredTeam to find out more. And we're back. From our break, and so now is a good time to bring in our special guests. Oh, forgot, forgot about that thing. <laughs> you'll, you'll have to excuse Carl; he's a little rusty. We we didn't make it to the studio last week, but I'd like to bring on to the to the podcast for the first time Wayne and Caroline. Hey, how are you doing? What's up, guys? Thanks for having us. Oh yeah, well, thank you. Welcome to the show. I mean, like it's 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 a great honor to bring uh, people that know a little bit more about running than <laughs> I do to the show. <laughs> and, and so, uh, Wayne and Caroline, you guys are better known as Kadu and Muppy out here on Hopi. And so, uh, Kadu, if oh, you yeah. can uh, yeah. give your uh, quick introduction for for our listeners uh, in four corners of the universe, go ahead and start with Wayne. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, or four corners of the universe. I guess I better speak in English then. Huh? <laughs> That's all I know anyway. It's my introduction in Hopi. <laughs> but I'm from uh, Sapalovi and Second Mesa and born and raised out there in, in Hopi. Um, but 
the last nine, ten years, we've been living down here in uh, the valley. Okay, could you go ahead? Hello, my name is Caroline Sikakotua, um, also known as Kadu. <laughs> um, I am a mother and grandma, so, um, and I also work as a early childhood educator. And um, like my brother, we've been down here in the, the valley for a while, but we are from Sipalabi Village, Pakiwunwa. Uh, and thank you for, for joining us both. And so we're just going to have this conversation about the legacy of Hopi running. As Carl and I mentioned that from uh, the early years of one's life that you're taught the importance of running. And so Kadu and uh, Muppy, if you guys can kind of share maybe some uh, some early learnings or early uh Early, yeah, early, early education that you guys might have received as as children about the importance of running. Um, I when I think about, I, I always wonder, like, when did I start running? And, and the earliest memories are um, in Head Start. We used to go to school at Tariva. There's a Head Start on that hill, and um, I remember some days, probably, I thought it was like a bonus, but they would let us run down to the day school to second Mesa day school for lunch. And I just remember like being so excited and we would go down that big old sand hill and <laughs> run all the way to the school. And then some kids would run back, some would get on the bus, but that, that was probably, maybe I was four years old, maybe three, um, probably four, but it was like, I was young and I was like, Hey, we used to run all the way down here and it would just seem so quick. <laughs> But that's probably my first memory of running and Head Start and then um, just running everywhere. Like we would go back back and forth to our stores and from the housing and um, just it, it, like no car. So we just walked or ran. Um, so that's kind of my, my early memories. And then um, just kind of another memory I have is our, our Tahas used to come wake us up early and I would hear there's trucks coming up the road and I would jump up and act like I was already awake. <laughs> but um, just the, that um, teaching of that you mentioned, like wake up early and go cray and you're, you're not supposed to be lazy. So that's kind of, that was embedded in me too early on. But yeah, those are my earliest memories. <laughs> well, I'm kind of, I started off more more like how Carl was explaining his experience, not not coming from a, a running family. I, my, I did. I came from a running family, but I, I kind of resisted it a lot. When, in, in my earlier days, I was kind of a, a pudgy, chubby kid and uh, hated running, man. But growing up out in Hopi, you know, that was the thing to do. That was your, your everybody did it. You know, every family had runners and um, that's what you just did. And so I kind of tagged along in my elementary years, just reluctantly running <laughs> and then uh, kind of just admiring our classmates that are way faster and, and really good at it. And um, so, uh, but Kadu, you know, my sister was a very good runner through throughout her junior high, high school years. And um, so that, and then uh, later learned that my father ran in, in college too. And he never, they never really pushed it on me. Um, same thing though. My, my Tahas would, would, would come out and, uh, Look, look for you if you weren't, uh, you know, if you were just being lazy, they, they'd scoop you up and either take you to the ranch or try and get you to go help with the fields and stuff. But, um, yeah, the, the the lessons that they were trying to instill as far as, um, you know, learning to work hard and the, the meaning of it, that really didn't come a fall on me, I guess, until, like, it didn't really click until maybe my junior high uh, high school days and um, kind of slimmed out at that point, but uh, I never really wanted to to run like the way my my sister did or all the other kids. And so, but I admired them, and I knew it was a tough thing to do. I knew it was um, very very demanding, uh, you know, physically, and then even like spiritually. Uh, you know, I was so scared to run in basket dances, snake dances. I I, I didn't want any part of that either. <laughs> um, cut to 20 years later that's that's really um that stuff i really look forward to participating in too and and for those reasons that you guys were talking about you know for the reconnection or, or to 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 stay connected to our traditions our culture even even the religion you know is so in, intertwined with our hopi 
teachings and religion that um, it's unavoidable. And um, that's something I'm really still discovering myself lately um, in the last you know, 10, 15 years. That's really when um, running has become a very integral, integral part of my, of myself. Um, and being a family man now, learning to balance, uh, you know, career and the Bahana side, the the white world, the white ways, and um, you know, still trying to stay connected to the, to your Hopi roots. That running is a big part of trying to do all of that. Thank, wow! Th- thank you, thank you, Mopi. And uh, I, I guess you know, kind of something that I wanted to touch upon because then, when you're a community that has been taught from the moment that you can understand words, the importance of running, and how much it's intertwined with our. Uh, cultural ways are are religious ways that it does produce runners that accomplish some tremendous feats and so uh mopi and kadu you both are proud alums of uh, hopi junior senior high school and that high school has produced some really remarkable things Uh, kadu you are part of uh, some state championship teams in cross country and i think probably the most famous thing as far as the high school is that from 1990 carl i don't know if you knew this but i actually researched this <laughs> actually did some researching for the episode for once but from 1990 to 2016 uh-huh. that Hopi High has won consecutive state titles really for cross country for cross country what about our football status <laughs> <laughs> I can attest to uh, some pretty big, pretty try uh, big victories over Tuba in my day. Oh, there you go, Carl. <laughs> but nothing, uh, nothing along the lines. <laughs> but so, uh, Kadu, I kind of wanted to for you to touch upon kind of that legacy because then, as I mentioned, that you were a part of uh, a strong legacy on on the ladies' side, winning state championships and. Uh, I am married to a, a three-time individual state champion myself, so I do know a little bit about the the women and the remarkable stuff that they've accomplished as far as high school. So, Kadu, can you kind of talk about what that experience was like in your high school years, earning all of those accolades? Sure. So, um, when when I was in junior high, um, we 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 were just kind of messing around, running cross-country, not really taking it serious. And then that uh, summer, I, I had this, there was a coach that I, everybody knew about, and he was really mean and all this. And um, so I kind of was afraid to go to the high school, but um, Harvey Honyotu was the coach. And um, I was very intimidated by him, and I was like, oh, I better get it together if I'm going <laughs> to run with this guy. <laughs> and so... Um, I kind of I got my summer running going and um, got my myself ready to run with the, the really good runners. But so the first year I went, um, I was a of course a freshman, and the school was very. Um, it was the second year of being open, and um, first year of being able to compete in the AIA because the um, previous year was like a probation year for new schools, and so. Um, we, we go in and we're this little tiny school. Um, nobody really took us seriously. And, um, so we go in and at, at that time we ran like big school, 3A to 2A to 1A all ran together. So that was like MV, um, Ganado, like the bigger schools. Um, we were run, thrown in there with them. And so we go in and we, um, we went, we go to state. And I think by then we kind of had turned some heads and um, people were saying, hey, look at this little school. They're doing really good. And so we end up, MV was like uh, Monument Valley High School. They were like really dominant at that time. And so we end up tying with them at state. And when you tie, they score your first five runners. And then if it's a tie, then they look at your sixth runner. And whoever's sixth runner comes in first, then you, um, you win. So that's what it went down to, and it was, like, so intense. They were looking at the sixth runner, and then Harvey was like, we won, we won. And it was so exciting. We, we were all crying. <laughs> Even Harvey was crying. <laughs> but um, just that that first uh, state championship, that was very, very special um, for that reason. But also just, um, like you mentioned, with the, the basket dance races, it's, they're, like, you're really proud when 
when you um, finish and because everybody's, I guess, proud of you and thanking you. And it's that same type of feeling and just knowing that we really made our, our little Hopi community proud. That was really exciting. But um, after that, we won state for four more years. Um, and then they continued um, for, I forgot how many years after that, for the girls. It was a streak, and uh, I think it was a national streak at one point. And then along the way, um, some of us won individual titles and um, in cross country and track. But just that whole time, we like me and my teammates, man, we were we were really close. We did a lot together, and then just the community that it built as a team. But also just knowing like we're carrying our our Hopi tradition and our teaching about every time we ran we always um i mean when we went to go do a race we would pray before and just kind of keeping that hopey um i guess values and applying it to our high school running it was it's really it was special so i always talk about it I'm probably like napoleon uncle rico is talking about my high school days <laughs> but yeah just it's very special <laughs> Thank you for sharing that, Kadu. Did you uh, have any comment, Carl? <laughs> um, nothing that nothing that is uh, appropriate right now. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean like you know because because um, like in Hopi, in Hopi tradition, like you know it's it's not they're, they're you know men are the runners pretty much. Uh-huh. Yeah, in, in uh-huh. Hopi tradition, and so like a lot of the times that women uh, couldn't run or shouldn't run mm-hmm. anywhere or anything like that. And so, you know, were you were were you mocked in a way like for your like just running habits? Oh, that's, a, that's yeah, a really good point. yeah. Like like especially because you come from a Hopi background, and did your uncle say anything that you shouldn't like you know run or anything like that? And and uh, Kadu, before you answer that, I'd like to add on to to uh, Carl's question because I guess you know kind of some some emphasis for those that aren't aware that usually the cultural racists, the ceremonial racists are only supposed to be for the men. Yeah. yeah. But then in recent yeah. time, a lot of villages have opened up those races to allow ladies to run them as well. And so I think probably only the most conservative villages still restrict it to just men. Men only. Yeah. And then when you think about some of like the, the old stories that running is a part of some of these old stories and then when it comes to running within our stories, almost to an extent like a fairy tale, like, you know, the hero was the one that ran so many miles, but it was always talking about a man. Yeah. Or talking about Tatak or Totim. And so, Kadu, this would be a really good thing for you to talk about being a woman and having had an accomplished running career. How how does how how do you think of yourself, I guess, knowing that this is kind of what Hopi's mentality is? And then the other thing too I wanted to ask is as somebody that's accomplished a lot as far as Hopi women's cross country have you ever felt overshadowed by the men's cross country program because then they tend to be the ones to be talked about a lot because they've had that streak but still what you've accomplished as far as a women's program that's nothing to to turn your head at either yeah Mm -hmm. um so i the way i this is my own personal way that i think about running um as a female um, in, in growing up at home, I always knew that we females, um, like our Tahas are really, um, I guess, active in our village and we always just support them and never say like, never complain. That's just what you do. you you support in your own way with your female role and just knowing that together when you put what the men are doing and then us what we're helping out with it, it makes really strong um, I guess prayers and it, it helps the whole thing come out um, in a strong way and so it, with running as a female um, I know there's not not um, we can't run in races like basket dance and all the, the traditional races we can't do that but um, I know that we have our own way of supporting and I guess me running in these competitions I guess that's kind of my way to to 
I guess, add to the, the prayers of running. Um, I, I know that um, uh, men in our family have their particular roles. And like I said, we just support, we support them in those roles. And for me, running is kind of that same mindset that we, we are supporting all the, the things that our men in our, in our villages are doing, whether it be just running on our own, running in these races, it's kind of all for the same thing of, of prayer. <laughs> and um, I know that um, some people might say, like, what's the word, like, chauvinistic, is that the word? Or <laughs> I don't know what the word is, but um, some people might see it like that. But, like, as a Hopi woman, I know, like, we are very strong in our own way, in our own rights, and... We, we all contribute and it's not just one men like it's not one um, dominant role um, gender I guess um, so I don't know that's kind of how I see running um, I, I'm kind of me personally I'm not like I'm kind of shy to like you'll see a lot of um, females now like oh I'm running for this and I'm running for that and and um, like really leading the charge in these causes like MMIW or the boarding school survivors and to me I'm just kind of like I, I'm, I know I like when I run I'm praying for these things but I'm really kind of scared to just really be strong in that type of um, movement I guess around running um, so I, I don't know it's just it's a it's a my own personal belief but I feel like I just I kind of support whatever the, the men in our, our village are doing in my, in my running um as far as the 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 street and the recognition of, of um, boys and girls, uh, I admit I admit when I was younger I was like, no, yeah, well we had this streak before. <laughs> when I was younger I used to think that, but now it's just like all of us. Like it's not a girl versus boy thing. It's all of us that um, so strong in, in this in this um, in running and just bringing bringing those prayers again even if it's running um in state or whatever it's just all of us as collectively bringing bringing uh, the good things into the world with our running so yeah <laughs> thank, yeah. thank you for yeah, sharing you. that kadu and muppy you know you uh-huh. i i think that your trajectory as far as running has followed uh, a lot of other people's because i always found it funny that you know like a lot of the people that are my age now that are runners you see them on social media they're posting the races that they competed in or some of the miles that they did that a lot of them didn't run run in high school and all of us people that ran in high school uh, excluding could do that you know we put on 50 pounds and then we're the uncle rico's talking about our glory years talking about how i almost won the race at hot bella but because i got last and so uh muppy can you share with us like because you didn't run in high school how did did you get into running then yeah it's, it's um i i kind of just did my own thing you know i was uh one of the taller hopis out there and uh really into football and basketball and that was my my niche and uh, you know i just ran enough to stay in shape for those sports and um but afterwards i think maybe sometime in college uh maybe after my my um my first child was born my daughter Sanisha um my wife was uh, uh my my uh, at the time you know we, we weren't married but we were together um Felicia was out in Hopi living with us and uh you know totally opposite of the traditional um marriage roles where you know the the man is supposed to go live on the on the woman's side in their village and stuff so it was a little complicated with uh you know her being Navajo and me being Hopi to to kind of to do that but at the same time it was the best kind of the situation for us to to live um, where we were in second mesa but you know she was if i feel for her i feel really bad because um you know it she was the one that got me running and got me into running again and it was more out of uh, a stress relief or a need really because you know she was brand new mother young mother um no family around her living with her in-laws living in 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 
in the traditional enemy side of the fence, you know, stuff like that. And uh, hardly any friends really at that time. She had a lot on her, on her shoulders and uh, we had a big blow up one time, I think. And um, I, I was kind of running then, but then I, I just told her, you say, you know, just go for, go for a run. Let's, let's, let's just be away from each other right now and um, clear our heads. And she went out on a run and, um, shoot, I don't even know how long it was, but it was <laughs> long enough for her to kind of just all of a sudden, it really did, it really was like all of a sudden just fall in love with running and the trails on Hopi and understanding the, the connection, even not even being from there, the connection that running could have for you, you know? And um, next thing I knew, we were signed up for freaking half marathons and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even understand how far that was, you know? I was like, damn, that's a, how far is it? You know, like 13 miles, that's shit, that's a long ways. I was like, Carl, like, let's just, can we, I, we, we, we drive that. We don't, we're not supposed to run that distance. Yeah, see, I told so, you. <laughs> but yeah, she got, she got me going with that and, and we've never looked back since, man. It was, um, it was kind of a revelation for me. I, I understood running was important to us as Hopi. I understood the, the significance historically, culturally, all of that, you know, and I respected it. But at the same time, I, I really didn't partake in, in, in the, in the running, um, fever i guess until my, my wife uh took it on and then just brought me along and then could do you know she was she wasn't running for a long time either she was one of those that just kind of probably had enough growing up running you know since probably kindergarten running <laughs> through elementary junior high high school I, I talked to guys that you know don't run anymore and it's because of that they're just like man i, I did it for so long i just i'm, I'm done now that there's nothing like you know no state titles to win or whatever they're 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 enjoying their lives you know but at the same time it's it's um for me it was uh it's something i'm still enjoying something i'll do for as long as i can and like could do you know there's 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 runners out there that have reconnected and um in a big way too like there's there's uh classmates of mine a little younger not like not exact classmates but um just got to bring up kellen and his family man shit they're doing some crazy stuff they're they're running 100 mile runs we know people that do 250 mm -hmm. mile runs all these crazy distances and you know i i just remember that feeling i had about my little first half marathon and just thinking damn that's that's a long ways i don't know if i can do that and they take that you know they take that same feeling and they'll, they'll they 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 push themselves to see well how how far can i run you know that's that's um that's amazing to me um and um that's kind of where uh i i my running has uh my my view of running actually has 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 brought me is this how far can I how fast how far can I go um and then also my my mentality is is to uh I run to eat too you know if I can stay fit and, and use running as a way to burn off calories the better I can eat <laughs> that, 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 that's that's funny you mentioned that because I think I had that same mentality when I was younger. You ran for glory. You ran for medals. You didn't really yeah. run for your health. But now that as you progress in age, that now I'm running for my You're health. Running I'm, for the health I'm, of it. I'm running, yeah. I'm running so that my morning uh, throne sessions are successful or I'm running for exactly that, that same reason so that I can uh, eat a steak at night and not worry about whether I'm going to have a heart attack the next day but both of you both of you do do something uh pretty pretty remarkable i think it's pretty crazy but both of you do engage in this uh i don't know if it's called a race or, or a particular event but you guys participate in this thing where you swim for two miles and then immediately after swimming two miles then you bike for i think something like 50 miles the triathlon and then once that's done then you run 26 miles which I think is something that I never aspired to do, but both of you can kind of share how both of you became triathletes in running these, uh, competing in these triathlons. Well, I mean, let me start um, this because I so, think I had the I idea okay. earlier on. Um, I, I I had the idea from my dad. Um, I'd like to tell this because it's a it's a fond memory I have of him. He was uh, well, I was still in high school, you know, and. Um, 
NBC, you know, there was only like three channels you could watch. And so Iron Man, Triathlon, the, the championships in Kona, Hawaii were, were on. And uh, these, you see these guys, yeah, doing that, biking and then uh, swimming, biking and then running. And I was just intrigued by that. I was like, damn, that's a, that's a pretty crazy challenge. And I said, I wonder if I could do that. And, you know, our dad was really supportive of us uh, growing up. And he was always encouraging and, um, you know, telling us to do those things, try those things, test yourself. And he looked at me without even any hesitation or doubt. He's like, yeah, you, you, you could do that. You'd probably be pretty good at it. You know, he was really encouraged, like, like nonchalant, just real, like matter of fact, you know, yeah, you, yeah, you can do that for sure. And so I remember that moment because it, it, it Iron Man stuff popped up here and there. And um, just as a challenge, you know, a real test to your, to your will, your, your mental strength, your physical strength and all of that. But even though I would talk to probably early, talked about it earlier than Kadu did, she beat me to it. She was the one that actually jumped right into triathlons. And um, so I'll let her tell that part of how she got started. <laughs> um, so I, like I said, I've been down here in the Valley for a while. And I, I was working, started working at Salt River at the community there. And there was these two sisters, um, a little bit older than me. But they were, like, all into triathlon, and I was like, i never try that. And, <laughs> they, like, with the Ironman, it's a 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile um, bike ride, and then a 26.2 run. And when I first learned about it through them, I was like, how do you do it? Like, are you, do, you, do you, like, take a nap between? <laughs> I didn't know you just kept going all day. <laughs> And so, um, knowing that the, these girls were trying it out, and um, I was like, man, if, if they can do it, I can at least do, like, there's different uh, distances. So, there's, like, a sprint, an Olympic distance, and then a half Ironman, and then the, the Ironman. But the sprint is pretty um, short. So, that's kind of, I just started joining them on, uh, they have a group called the Salt River Triathlete, and it was just really to get more natives out there at these races but they, those two sisters started it out and um we would go on little group bike rides and then do like little lessons like swim lessons and stuff and I was really scared to try the swim and the bike because I didn't I don't really know how to do both of them and so I would just run on relays so there would be one person that would swim one push, person that would bike and then one person that would run so I would just run the, the, the run um part and then Eventually, I started getting more into it and started out with the shortest tri uh, sprint distance. And then probably maybe a couple of years, maybe three years into it, I decided to do the um, Ironman distance. So, yeah, so I think now um, we've done, I've done four, four Ironman distances and a bunch of half Ironmans and the shorter distances. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty... At the beginning, there was hardly any brown people that we would see, <laughs> and now there's a lot of um, of natives that do the, the Ironman. Like all all over the country, there's different tribe tribal members that do it more. Yeah. But I think to add on to my brother's story, um, when he finishes an Ironman, he always kind of like flies in like a like an eagle, and that's kind of in remembrance wow. of our dad, and probably just putting that seed into his brain long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's it's a really unique sport because so much could go wrong and you need a lot to go right to have a good day a good race day you know but uh, there's so many things that happen in a race and even up to leading up to training you know it takes a lot of commitment to to train for these things and they're just all kinds of stories you have you know <laughs> we just see crazy things when we're out biking or running and um you know learning to swim was a challenge the closest thing we had to a pool out in hopi was the damn windmills and troughs you know <laughs> so we didn't really <laughs> have a uh, good swimming skills but uh you know we're we're Paco, so we uh, we're very uh comfortable in the water i guess and um but yeah, that this the sport itself is pretty unique, and it's not it's something that uh, I wish I, I wish more natives and um, Hopi that and, and you know we know a lot of Hopis that would probably would be pretty good at it. <laughs> I think the craziest thing that I've seen is that for for a little bit of information for the listeners that Mopi and Kadu, you guys are both good friends. 
with the Rez famous wife. And so she took me out there to one of the Ironmans. I can't remember which one of you we were cheering on. Maybe it was both of you. But we got there just in time to see the winner of the female side. And as this winner was running past us, we looked at her. And then right after we looked at her, we looked at each other because then we were both like, did we just see what we just saw? And basically what we saw was we saw, saw two brown streaks running down in back of this woman's legs. And so basically she was so dedicated to the cause because she was in front. She was winning. And so this was probably maybe one of the only times in her life that she was going to win this race. So instead of pulling off to the side, like probably most of us would have done, she just uh, pulled uh, a Lloyd and Harry from Dumb and Dumber. Just go, man. Just go. And then so she she literally... She literally passed the number two to be number one. She did. <laughs> and, so she, and so she let it rip on herself, and, but she was that dedicated. But I, I think that we're probably close yeah. on time for the podcast. So Kadu and uh, Muppy, if you guys have any parting words for us and our listeners. Um, I, just, I just want to encourage people to try things that aren't, um, I guess, common. And that, that's kind of what it's been about for me. Um, just taking on new challenges first in a sense just to show my daughters like you can do things that are different and um, you never know how strong you are but I I think just kind of keeping that in mind and going out there and if it scares you it's okay just try it you might enjoy it (laughs) that's the big thing that I would like to leave with thank you thank you for that go ahead yeah and for me it's uh it's more about uh, figuring out how to apply those those lessons, those teachings that you may or may not know are there from your from your relatives. You know, growing up with your tahas and your yas and all all those. I feel like we're very blessed to to grow up the way we did. You know, Alan Hopi, and even though you may feel a little lost or disconnected, it's it's in there. You know, we're all I think inherently and and at a more um, uh, just human level, you know, we're all born to run some in some fashion, or we, we can all endure, you know. And like Kadu said, it's it's just a matter of trying something different. Doesn't have to be running. Doesn't have to be basketball. Doesn't have to be any of that stuff. Something even artistically uh, or creatively, you know. There's things that um, you know we always just hold ourselves back on trying, and uh, you never know mm-hmm. how things will come out unless you actually do it. All right. Well, thank you for that. Thank you, uh, both of you guys, for joining us in the studio here, um, you know, the, sharing your experiences, sharing your stories. And I'm sure that you have loads and loads of stories, a lot more to tell, you know, but we do have a time crunch and uh, I'm getting hungry right now. So and it's it's my lunch break. So. <laughs> and so thank you for uh thank you to Muppy and Kadu for joining us and sharing that. I've been wanting to have this running episode for quite some time. I know you did. And and we finally got around to it. And so uh, I'd like to thank the listeners out there for joining us again this week. We will be back next week too, also with a brand new episode. And so we would like to thank you all for supporting season eight. Yeah, exactly. If you guys want to support us more, go to anchor.fm slash CJ podcast 85 to donate $1 or more uh, to become a monthly sponsor. It doesn't take too much of your time. And plus you support the great cause, especially because we are uh, the number one seated spot here on the Hopi Reservation. Oh, you know what else I forgot too? We're, we're that old that I think we're coming up if it hasn't already passed, but on our two year anniversary. Oh yeah, that's doing right. Doing the podcast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. all the Zutnyam ladies, Sand Clan ladies, Sun Clan, Sun Forehead, all the Eagle Clan ladies out there, Pumpkin Clan ladies in Safalivi Village, if you guys want to... Uh, Send some baked goods our way in celebration of our uh, accomplishment of surviving two <laughs> years. But then also to another way that you can uh, support us if you don't already follow us on our social media accounts. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Carl and J-Man. I believe that I am up to the point where I'm giving up on the YouTube. Pretty so much. I apologize to all of you all that we're getting your primary uh, listenings from YouTube. Uh, but if you do want us back on YouTube, 
Please send emails to Carl to uh, CJ Podcast eighty five at gmail dot com and address them and importantly. then uh, address it to the YouTube guy, and hopefully that'll be <laughs> enough big swift kicking ass for him to get moving up on that. Nobody really listens to that anyway, so. <laughs> All right, well, thank you again for listening to Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. My name is Carl, and this is my best friend, J-Man. So long, quack, quack.